0: Yes, man, awesome to see Brittany's story and uh, you guys are gonna be seeing a lot more of those stories over the next several weeks. We baptized 17 people last Sunday in the name of Jesus. We're gonna be showing those stories until we run out of them, all right? How about that? Does that sound okay? All right, we're just gonna, yeah, that's all right. So we're gonna keep showing them stories. Keep putting that in front of you all because God's doing amazing things around us and among us. And man, there's a lot more stories like Brittany's coming. So it's just amazing to be a part of that as a church. So good morning, everybody. How you doing? How you doing? For those of you watching, hello. It is good to see you here in... It's good for you to see me. If you're watching online, I don't know what else to say, but until you come back and join us, uh, man, we're so glad you're taking advantage of that this morning, so glad that you're all here. I'm just hoping and praying that God's met you already, and I'm just uh, I'm just hoping that it continues to do that. So go ahead and grab your Bibles, let's get to it. Uh, jump into Second uh, Timothy. We're gonna be getting back into this great study uh, that this guy, Paul, uh, in this letter that he wrote to his protege, Timothy, uh, as we're looking at our own faith, and it's just been really good to be looking at this letter together to be kind of talking about leveling up our own faith. Like how, how can we do that and leveling up some things uh, about God in our life? And so I'm excited to get back into that this morning. Uh, like I say, you saw that story uh, just a little bit ago last week. We took a break from this series. Uh, we're taking five weeks in this series. We took a week off uh, to just celebrate, look back at what God's done over the last 12 months. And I'm telling you, man, God has done amazing things here with this church. And so it's always good to do that, to look back and celebrate. And we, we baptize a lot of people and we, we just took a look. Again, after that, we took a look forward to say, all right, what's God's vision for your life? Uh, And then what's God's vision for this church? And so we appropriately call that Vision Sunday. That kind of makes sense. That's what we call it. We do that every year. It's really important to do that because without vision, man, people fail. Uh, So we gotta have God's vision in front of us as a church. And a huge part of that, uh, just to put it in front of you, as we put in front of you last week was that we really do believe that God has us and there are people coming uh, that are answering this prayer already, but we really believe God uh, wants us to be a part uh, of his reaching Southern West Virginia for Jesus Christ, that that he has a plan for Southern West Virginia. And we really believe that we're not called to stop in Charleston and Taze Valley, that we wanna be a part of his greater plan to reach Southern West Virginia and more specifically to get ready and and start praying uh, for Barbersville and Huntington. We really think that he's going to start another campus there through us. uh, And and so we're really putting that in front of you. And I'm telling you right now, it's already confirmed to me when I put that out there last Sunday that, that right after services, people were kind of talking and buzzing and there were people already saying, man, I've been praying for this. This is exciting. I'm I'm excited to be thinking about uh, going west and, and then going south to, to southern West Virginia uh, for him and to be a part of that, just to be a part of whatever it is. We don't know what this is going to look like, but man, talking to people. I got emails from people. I got texts from people. I got an email from a couple. Uh, they've been driving from that from that far away. They've been driving from Huntington and, and they were saying how they've been praying uh, to find a church and they just haven't found one or, or for one reason or another. But they kept feeling the call to come here and come here. Now they feel like that this is why that they want to be a part of this uh, when it's coming up. And then after the night of work, worship uh, there was another person talking how about that night of worship if you were here come on now that was an amazing time yes that was an amazing night of worship but I was talking to somebody out in the the lobby after that and they said that when when we were talking about that that the hair on the back of their neck was standing up come on now that that's what we're talking about God wants us to be a part of a bigger picture Uh, and so that's you know the big thing we asked though as a church was not to commit to that but to commit to this season of praying that that we really need to be uh, on our knees and asking God to show us what we want to do and so we had a decision to make as a leadership like. Either 12 of us could be in a room praying about that or a couple thousand. I chose a couple thousand. I just think that's more exciting to have a couple thousand people praying rather than be in a room of 12 pastors. That's just me. Uh, so I wanna invite all of you in on that. So we just got done wrapping up in a mate. I love the pastors. I just love you guys too, that's all. Uh, but man, we just wrapped up this amazing week of prayer too together. We're both campuses, we're praying laser focused things all week this week. And I am so proud of all of us home groups were praying and, and we were on Facebook Live praying. We were using that for the good of God. It was amazing this past week. So it's just been a great week. How about, how was the week, everybody? Was it a good week? It was a good week, right? Yes, it was an awesome week. So uh, we wanna keep it going. So over the next six months, here's kind of what we're gonna be doing. We're we are going to, over the next six months, which put us into about May, uh, we're gonna be putting forward initiatives uh, for all of you to continually be invited into praying uh, in this season for us as a church. We're gonna be putting stuff in front of you. It's not always gonna look like that week of prayer that we just did, uh, but we wanna invite you in on these things over the next couple months. So we have a plan, we, we're, we're planning some stuff out so just be looking for that stuff coming up soon we're gonna we're really excited about that we really think God is directing us in a few ways so that's what the next couple months are going to look like we just want to pray we want to see what God has to say we, we want to invite him uh in and we want to hear from what he has to say all right so I'm just excited about what the next several months are going to look like okay I hope you are too so all right let's get to it if you have your Bibles go ahead and get there we already did that. open up the second Timothy chapter three that's where we're going to be in chapter three uh just to get you up to speed a little bit in this series if if you haven't been here over the last couple weeks or the first couple weeks We are looking into this letter that this guy, Paul, he was a church leader in the Christian church. Uh, He wrote to his protege, Timothy, who was running a church uh, in a place called Ephesus. It was about a thousand or so miles away from where Paul was. He was in prison in Rome. And so he was writing this letter. And what we know is that this is the very last letter uh, that Paul wrote. And Paul wrote most of the New Testament uh, that God inspired him to write most of that. And so this is the last correspondence that we have in the Bible. Uh, And what we see, and this was right before Paul got executed. He was executed for preaching Jesus. That's what happened. He was They just told him to stop and he wouldn't stop and he ended up being um, killed for it. Uh, but he was writing to Timothy, kind of his final thoughts. He was writing to encourage him and he was saying, man, you gotta keep fighting this faith that you have in God. Keep fighting for that faith. And he was encouraging him to remember his call, remember his mission, not just as a pastor, but just as a child of God, as somebody who is redeemed by Jesus Christ. And that's our encouragement too. That's why we're looking into this as a church that we need to keep fighting for our faith, fighting to live for God so that we can say, What Paul said, and this is the central verse in the entire series, where he said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, he said, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. And I don't know about you. I keep saying this every time. That's what I want to be able to say. That's what I want to be able to say at the end of the life, that like, I did what I could when I could with what I could for Jesus while I had the time on this earth. So we're looking into our faith. We're looking into leveling up and keeping the faith alive in us. And so this week, if you're taking notes, what we're going to be looking at leveling up is we are going to look at how do I level up in my response to evil that's what we're going to be looking at you know I think of a lot of subjects that we face as people uh, and we kind of look at it this is probably I would guess one of the most common ones that people and even Christians look at the fact that there is evil kind of happening around it where we want to ask some questions to God and I think it's appropriate uh, that, that a lot of people do have questions about that it's, you know, why is all this stuff happening, right? Why, why is all this evil, wicked stuff happening in the world? It's crazy what's going on, isn't it? I mean, it's crazy some of the texts. I get like a, a text pop up from CNN and, and it's amazing some of the stuff that pops up. And we look at that and we say, man, and so people ask, and, I'm, and I think that it's, it's kind of normal to ask like, why is it that's here when we, we you know, I, I hear that Jesus defeated sin and death, Andy. Like I, I, we sing songs that Jesus defeated that. And so if that's true, then why does it seem like there's still evil stuff happening all over the place? Why, why do people do such nasty things to each other? And, and why uh, do people turn into the most like stubborn, unholy, unrelenting things in earth in school traffic? Like what is the, I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry, actually I do know where that came from listen I have I have the privilege and it really is a privilege I love this I get to drop my kids off to school and daycare every day uh, and it's an awesome thing so we get in there every morning and it's a great rhythm for us we actually every morning right away we give God the day that's what we say all right we're gonna give God the day and so we pray together and we give opportunities for Henry and Roxy to pray and, and they do it and it's amazing and I think Roxy caught on one day this is true I started praying because man traffic is just I tell you it's crazy out there it's like Armageddon at 7 a.m. I'm telling you everybody and so I was there and I said God help people be nice in the name of Jesus. Jesus, right? And and Roxy caught on to that and somebody let me in. I'm like, yeah, hey, all right, right? The next day she goes, God, help people be nice. Help people be nice. And then a car let me in and she goes, and it was like she was praising God. She was like, God! Or her daddy like, you know, God let somebody in. They're like, this is amazing. She was praising God. So listen, watch out everybody. Like Roxy is praying for you. We are being good in this land of evil. She's praying over you right now. So let us in. All right? you Let us in. You be nice. Roxy's praying for you, okay? Yeah, it's awesome. She, it's a true, man. She's like, that car's being nice, daddy. So, um, but but you know, it's this stuff. It's not that stuff, you know, not, not, you know, it is funny, but it's not being funny. Like it doesn't take too much to look around and really see things going on where we're like, that doesn't make sense. Like this wicked stuff is going on and it's reasonable to ask what's up with that. And just so you know, most people do ask that question. And before we go any further, here's what I'm to tell you today. God has an answer to that. Do you hear me today? God has an answer to that question. But we're gonna look into that question. And here's uh, the next question because the next question is more important than the first one because we can ask why all day long. The truth is that it's here. But here's the real question that we ask is like, how do I respond? How, how do I respond to the stuff going on? And, and here's the thing. People respond in a lot of different ways. There are a lot of responses uh, that happen with, with kind of bad stuff going on. Here's one response that people do uh, that I get bitter, right? I just, I get angry. And it's almost kind of, I just get so upset. I get mad. I get mad at everybody. I kick and scream. I even get upset that everybody's not upset about what I'm upset about. That's what happens. Like, that's just a response that happens. Here's another response that happens is, is that I kind of stick my head in the sand, right? It's like, if, if I don't see it, that it's happening, then it's just not happening. That's what that's what a response is, that I'm just not gonna, I almost like deny this happening, even though it's happening. I'll just stick my head and the oh. and Here's another response that a lot of people do is like, I just let Facebook have it now. Like I'm just telling, like it's almost like Facebook was made for uh, for that to be a punching bag of life. Like it's just like thank you Facebook. I can just get to let all my steam out right, and Facebook is just like please bring it bring it on right. Facebook could take all that stuff. We just let Facebook have it. We're like oh I'm so mad, and so that those are some of the responses that we have. Well well here's the thing. There is a response that God wants us to have. And, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. This is what Paul's gonna help Timothy out with. And, and, and the letter here in this chapter three, it doesn't start out too pretty, but he's gonna get right to helping us figure out how people who follow God respond to the evil in this world. And he's gonna help us with two things today, everybody. He's gonna help, first of all, our perspective What is the perspective that a follower of God should have? And then he's gonna talk about our response. What should a follower of God, how should they respond? Because there is a way the people of God respond to evil. So let's go, let's see how Paul starts this out in chapter three, verse one. Here's what he says. He says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Okay, so last days, when you see that term last days, now here's the thing, depending on how you grew up or what you learned about the Bible or some of the books you read, I highlight that because I think some of you have a different response to that phrase last days, right? It's kind of like, you start thinking about the book of Revelation, you start kind of thinking about you know Armageddon, it's the school traffic days, everybody, that's what it is. Like it's the school traffic days going on all the time. So uh, that's what it is. But here's, here's what Paul is talking about. Here's what Paul is getting. In fact, this was uh, at that time when he wrote, this was a common thing. that that folks knew who were following God at that time. In fact, Peter wrote about this as well in 1st and 2nd Peter, that that this was a specific period of time that Paul was talking about. And the specific specific period of time that was going on, that this was after Jesus ascended into heaven, that when he died on the cross and God raised him from the dead and he ascended into heaven, that this time was happening after he ascended into heaven and before he actually comes back here to reign forever and bring heaven to earth, that that, that this is time. So what he's saying is this is a time going on right now. That, that we are in these last days in this specific period of time. And so Paul says during this age, during this time, there are going to be things that happen. There are going to be times where it's going to be harsh. It's going to be difficult. And, and some are going to, some ages and sometimes are going to be a little harder than others. But be certain about this. It is happening right now. It's here. And so the first thing that Paul wants Timothy to know with evil and all the wicked stuff going on and what we should know in order to have the right perspective is when you see the stuff that he's about to lay out in the next couple verses, when you see that, the first thing he wants us to do is that we should not be surprised. If you're taking notes, don't be surprised. That's what he wants us to know. He said, be sad, be upset. Don't be okay with it but don't be surprised that it's happening. People who follow God should not be surprised. Paul tells Timothy, understand this, know it, just know this. So this is the first mark of someone who's following God in the last days. Don't be surprised when you come face to face with wicked things. And here's what he's also saying. Don't don't wonder why when the Bible is so clear about what's going on. Don't, Don't be that person that wonders why when the Bible is so clear about what's going on. So Paul says, don't be surprised that there are difficulties coming. That's what he says in the rest of the verse. So what are the difficulties? What are the difficult things that he's talking about? Well, it's really simple. The difficulties are people. To which a lot of you said, amen, right? You're like, hey. That is my problem. There is something in this Bible thing after all. There is. That's what he's saying. It's people. And so now he's gonna get in to all this stuff that people are doing and it's not good. It's wicked. It's bad. He gets into 19 descriptions of what people are gonna be doing during these last days. We're not gonna get into all of them, but we will get into most of them. So settle in, take a sip of coffee, everybody. Here we go. Here's what he says. He says, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, avoid such people. So a lot of good stuff to think about everybody, right? Like let's pray and go home, amen to that, right? Now, this is not the scripture you read and say, all right, let's, let's kind of get fired up and go. But, uh, and, and here's what I wanna say, it's a lot of bad stuff, right? I mean, that's a lot of bad stuff right there in a couple verses of scripture. And so I don't wanna get too bogged down on what Paul was trying to prove, make this point of. Here's, here's the point that he was saying. He's saying, it's gonna get really bad. That, that's the point. I don't wanna to get too far away from that. It is going to get bad. It's gonna be awful what people are going to do. And then he kind of gives this list explaining why uh, it's gonna be bad. He, he's not saying it's bad because they're, they're doing this and that's why it's going to be so bad. But but So I don't want to get bogged down on on, on uh, going away from that point, but I, I did notice a few things as I was studying this myself. A few things that I noticed. The first thing I noticed is, is that when he said avoid those people, that kind of helped me in understanding what he did mean by the last days that they are here. He, he told Timothy in the present tense, hey, you avoid those people right now. They're here. It's it's time. So that kind of points points us just to help you when you read the Bible in the context. He's saying, present time of. Avoid those people. So we are in this time that he's talking about. It's happening right here, right now. And you, you know the other thing that I noticed? Here's the other thing I noticed. It was surprising to me, actually, after I thought about this, is that when I started reading through that list, like there were things that I came across and I, I mean, I cringed at reading them. But guys, there were some that I didn't. And it made me think, like I didn't, I just, there were some that I just didn't cringe at that much. And I, and I kind of, it was almost like I was just already kind of accepting a few of those things on the list. It's like, that's so, you know, that's, that's not so bad. That's kind of, that's kind of the norm. And, and gang, I think that's why this here, it, right here is for us to look at. I think that's what Paul was doing. Paul was saying, hey, you need to open your eyes. You, you need to see this because none of it's good. None of it's good. None of it's going after God. None of this points to him. None of this. Or, so if you're not cringing, you need to kind of take an inventory of what's happening and investigate that. Because listen to me, when there is ungratefulness, when there's ungratefulness, that is someone assuming they have the right to things that they get. That's not loving good. That's not loving God. When there is disobedience in the home, that that is having a rebellious attitude. That's not good. That's not going after God. That's not going after his heart. That when somebody believes, listen, the very first thing he says, when somebody believes that that the goal is loving themselves, Like, listen, that's what the world's saying. I don't know if you know that, but that's what the world's saying. The world's saying, you know what's wrong? You don't love yourself enough. Like, you know, that's not what God is saying, everybody. The world is saying, listen, you know what the problem is? If when you start to love yourself more, that's the whole thing. That when you love yourself more, then you'll be able to love everybody. You'll be able to love so much well. But Paul is saying the exact opposite. He's saying, no. In fact, when you actually start to become lovers of yourselves, watch out because that is the creep. That's how corruption of good and God happens. It's amazing what he's saying right here. And so for me, when I started reading this, it kind of hit me. I'm telling you, everybody, it gave me a perspective around what, what I really think is evil and, and what Paul and what God is really saying evil is. So many people look at evil to prove that there is no God or to prove something about good, but th- that God's not here, or God doesn't care. But that's not the definition of evil. <laughs> evil isn't the absence of good or God. Paul, Paul's helping us here, everybody. He's, he's saying like everything on that list, every single thing, I want you to go back and read it again. It just points to two things, two things on this whole list. You'll be able to point to these two things. It's a misdirection of love and not loving people. That's what, Everything on that list is a misdirection of love and a failure to love people. This is how evil is defined. This is evil defined right here. Evil isn't the absence of good. It's the corruption of God. That's evil. E- evil is the corruption of God and good. It's elevating something or someone else above God that the corruption, listen, the corruption is not from God. It's actually from people. Like that's what's going on. Not just out there, but he's saying, even in the church, I don't know if you notice what he said that, that it's happening, it's kind of creeping in everywhere. That they abandon. Here's what they're abandoning. Everybody says those two things. He's the, the people abandon the great commandment that Jesus gave us. Love God with everything you got. And you love everybody with everything you got. And so Paul says, This is what's happening. Hey, everybody, this is what's happening in the last days. Hey, don't be surprised, but don't get sucked in to believing that everything's kind of okay. Don't, don't, don't get there. Paul keeps going. Verse 8 he says just as janus and Jambres. uh oppose I have no idea if I pronounced that right that's why I said uh Jan I just say it loud and proud Janice and John oppose Moses so these men also that's what's a trick just read it out loud and everybody will be like know what you're doing oppose Moses so these men also oppose the truth men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith but they will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all as was that of those two men all right so Janice and John Braves. so now we're talking about evil we're talking about don't be surprised we're talking so why are these two guys being brought up by Paul what's up with these guys? Why is he bringing it up? What's his point? And so here's here's these two guys. So as I study this, here's the first thing you need to know. The, the, this is the only place you'll ever see these two names in the entire Bible. Like you won't see them anywhere else in the Bible. But uh, when you go back to uh, Jewish rabbinical writings, uh, commentaries by Jewish rabbis, uh, you will find these two guys' names that they are in the ancient writings. And here's who these two guys are. It's really interesting. These two guys, they were the magicians that were next to Pharaoh when Moses came uh, to release and uh, get God's people out of Egypt. These were the two guys that stood next to Pharaoh. And so God, and Moses came to rescue people. And, and this is how these two guys fit in. This is really interesting. So Moses came and he said, let my people go. I'm from God. And Pharaoh says, prove it that you're from this one God, this one God. And so Moses said, okay, God directed him to throw down his staff and it turned into a snake. And so Pharaoh looked at these two guys and said, can you do that? And they said, yeah, we can do that. So they threw down their staffs and it turned into snakes. And then the second thing that happened is he said, "Well, I'm going to turn that water into blood." That was the same thing that Moses did. And Pharaoh goes, "You guys got this?" And he said, "We got this." And so they did the same thing. They did incantations and kind of dark stuff, and they turned. They were able to do that. This happened three times, guys. You can read this for yourselves if you want to write this down. It's in Exodus seven and eight. If you want to write that down, we're not going to get there, but it's in. It's really. You won't see their names, but you'll see these two guys doing this. This happened three times, and then on the fourth time, Moses came back and he said, "You got to let my people go." And Pharaoh said, "Why? Well, you know, you're not really proving much." And he goes, "Okay, I'm going to send a plague of gnats." I'm gonna send this when the plague started. So he sent this plague and Pharaoh goes, no problem. And he looked at those two guys and they couldn't do it. And they said, we're out. Like our magic, we, we don't got it. And what they said, and you can read for it yourself. They said, right there, that's the finger of God. That's the finger, that, this is the true God. And so this is what Paul's saying here. This is what the point is. It's actually really interesting. Paul is reminding Timothy of something with these two guys and with wickedness going on. Here's the thing. Evil does have some sense of power. Don't be fooled by that. Evil does have a sense of power, but eventually you gotta listen to me. Evil has a limit and the truth will be exposed. The truth will come out. That's what he's saying. And the truth is what those magicians knew is that evil has been spotted. It's called out for what it is. Listen to me, it's defeated. Here's the second thing that you need to know, everybody. Everybody needs to understand that the war is won. The war is over. That's right. So know this have this perspective. There is a power of evil, but it cannot match the power of God. And evil will be exposed for what it is. It won't make progress to win. Listen to me, because it can't. It cannot win. You know, maybe you're here, and I'm telling you, maybe God sent you here today. You've been seeing things, you've been experiencing things in your life and you wonder, man, why is this bad stuff going down? And it seems like it's claiming a stake around your life. And maybe you're here because you need to have a word from God today. Evil has lost, do you hear me? Just evil is done, it's defeated. And people who are using schemes and all these things, they will be exposed at the end of the time. They will be exposed. And so even though it's not destroyed yet, it's putting up its last fight. See, that's what we're seeing. It's putting up its last fight, but we have victory in the end. So stand firm in your faith. Be strong and very courageous. Rest in the promises of God because every single one of God's promises will come true in your life. Evil doesn't have the final say. There is an expiration date on evil, everybody. So that's the perspective that we have. That's what Paul's laying out to Timothy in these last days. So in these last days, before Jesus returns, it's vital for us to have this perspective. And so now the question is, how do we respond? Paul keeps going, verse 10. We don't have a lot of time. Verse 10, here he goes. He says, you, however have followed my teachings, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings. Verse 12, he says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Verse 14, but as for you, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. So Paul tells Timothy, hey, listen, all that stuff I just talked about, like all that perspective that I wanted you to have, listen, that's the stuff that you're going to see people doing, but people like you and me, we don't do it. It's all, you know, like I think this is Paul giving the if everybody jumped off the bridge speech to Timothy, right? He's like, now if everybody else jumped, you ain't jumping off that bridge. You stay on solid ground. That's what he's saying. And that's what he's saying to you and me. You're going to see all this stuff. It's going to almost want to become the norm in our culture. And he's like, don't jump off that bridge, everybody. That's what he's saying right here. Don't do it. And Paul is saying in these last days, it's gonna be harder and harder to live a godly life. Come on now, you know it. And the current of this culture, the current of this these times, they're gonna be going against the ways of God. And so you know what we gotta do? We gotta go upstream. And he's saying, you gotta find God's lifeline to get up that current of what culture is gonna do. And he's, he's gonna say, things aren't gonna be very fair when you do that. Like you're gonna get wronged when you do that, when you live for God in a world that's not living. this is what he's saying. That's what evil does. Evil's putting up a fight. That's what evil's doing. It's fighting against good. And so it's fighting against God. So don't be surprised. Noah's defeated. And then he says, look at how I'm sticking with God. That's what he's saying. Look at how I'm sticking with God. Timothy, you do the same thing too. I'm proving it in my life. You need to do it too. And so here's the first response that we have with evil in this world. And the first response is that I have to stay connected to God. I have to stay connected to God. Here's what you need to know about what evil could do. This is really, this is key, I think. If you walk away with anything today, listen to me because this, is, this is, goes for Christians, followers of Christ, everybody. Here's what evil could do. Evil can either pull you closer to God or it can actually take you further away. It could push you further away from God. And here's what I going to tell you. Listen, this is why I'm important. It could go either way for anybody. I'm even talking about Christians. It could go either way. It can either pull you further away or pull you closer to God. But here's the catalyst. The catalyst that will cause a pendulum to swing is your connectedness to God. Paul says, remember some things. Remember what I taught you. Remember how I live my life. Remember the big faith things to be present in your life. Timothy, you've watched how I've stayed in this corrupt world i have stayed in the scriptures how i've actually been resolute that my conducts never changed, no matter what comes my way you've seen this in my life and so now you live that way too one of the things that we do around here one of the things that we always talk about and put in front of you and what we set ourselves up as a church to do is that we give you opportunities here to stay connected with god and i just want to ask are you taking advantage of that Are you seeing that you're in the last days and that you need a connectedness to God that surpasses uh, probably what most people are doing in this world to actually keep us in focus and keep us right with what's going on around? Are you coming consistently here so you can stay in God's word? Are you on a team contributing? Are you you using the gifts that God has given you and and working for God to use your spiritual gifts? Are you in a circle of people who can pray for you and listen to you and be there for you? Listen, when evil is creeping up in your life. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. Like... My goal is not that you come here on Sunday. It's bigger than that. Like my goal is not that you're in a group. My goal is not that you're serving. My goal is not that you come to the nights of worship that we do. My goal is not that you go to the next step sessions or anything. Like that. Our, our goals are way bigger than that. Here's the goal. My goal is that you get connected with God and then you stay connected with him through the things that we're offering. Like coming here consistently, like being in a circle of people, like contributing to what God's doing around here. All of those are factors to get that pendulum to swing and you're connected to God. When this evil stuff comes your way and you're like, what do I do with it? You know what to do with it. That's what Paul's saying. You know what to do. Don't be like them be like what God's calling and every time we do this this is what I want to tell you gang every time that you go into the connectedness of God into the avenues and the on-ramps that we give you as a church we close a little, the door a little bit on the influence of evil and we open the door on God's victory in our lives every time we take advantage of that stuff and here's what I'm going to tell you I've seen the pendulum swing both ways I've seen it uh, guys I've seen the pendulum swing both ways for people in this church people I love that I've seen the pendulum swing to take them further away from God and the things that are happening. And I've seen the pendulum swing towards God. I saw, I saw it this week in the good way. A Friend of mine was in the hospital. And so I went to visit her and I mean, she was really sick. She was really, really sick. And, and here's what I loved. I wasn't the first person in that hospital room. I wasn't the second or the third. It was amazing to see the presence of God's people in that place. It was awesome. My fear for some of you is that's not what would happen. And I just happened to hear about this one. You know, and I got there and it was amazing. And, and here's what I saw when I got in that room, man. It was amazing because there, there was the what ifs creeping in, in there. there. The what ifs were kind of creeping in there. But here's what i want to tell you. It was really amazing. They were surrounded by God and his people from this place. And here's the thing. There was no way evil was creeping into that place. It didn't have a chance with those people in that room. I'm telling you, everybody, it was amazing to see these guys at a point a long time ago they drew a line in the sand. They said, I'm gonna be connected with God and his people so that, so that we endure, that we have patience, that we have love and that we have all these things that we need when it's gonna be really hard to get it on these last days because I'm gonna surround myself with God and God's people. They drew the line in the sand. Here, here's what i to tell you, here's what i to tell you. Like your connectedness, like your level of connection, it will determine your response to the wicked stuff going on in this world. That's what's gonna determine it. It's not like your willpower or anything like that. It's your connectedness to God. It's all about God. It's all about Jesus. That's why we keep pushing here to contribute here, to be a part of groups here, to to be doing the things that we do, to come to the nights of worship. I mean, these are little things that we do that I think make a bigger difference than you think. And so it's, listen, this this community thing, it's not a good idea. It's necessary to deal with these rightly. It's necessary to see this stuff and what's happening these last days. And so time and time again, we see the benefits of being connected. And time and time again, we see the outcome if you're not that if you're, if you're not really connected, here's how this plays out. I know, I know guys, that, that eventually what's gonna happen, you're gonna believe God's distant, that he doesn't care and the church really isn't that helpful or beneficial, but none of that's true. None of that's true. You determined your level of connectedness and that's what happened. And then I see it on the other side, when you're devoted to God and his people and this community and what's happening, all those things Paul's talking about will begin to open doors in your face. So I just wanna ask you a question right here this morning. I just wanna ask you a question because I love you. I love every one of you, I really do. Um, Can you just ask yourself today, just where is my relationship with God today? And where's my connectedness to him? And I wanna ask you in the context of this local church, like where is my connectedness to him in, in the call to be connected to this local church and his people? Because gang, there's a lot on the line. It's worth thinking about. And for those of us who are experiencing that level, I wanna encourage you out there to keep going and man, be a microphone, be a Paul out there to encourage people and keep inviting them into this rhythm of life to say, it is this this does help us combat what's going on around us. So keep going. That's a lifeblood of this church because connectedness keeps you in the presence of God and the presence of God is what you use to respond to the evil and wicked stuff going on. We have an answer, everybody. We have an answer. We can't act like we don't know what the answer is. And it's what helps us take the next step in the response. And this is because this is what we do. And we need people in our lives to do this because I will fight evil with good. That's our call. That's what we do. That's the truth that we need to know, that that's the way a follower of God responds to evil. If you wanna know the right response to evil, what that is, and if you wanna know how evil gets a little less traction in this world, it's how evil doesn't have the influence in our lives, that we have the answer. We have the playbook. That's what it is. Here's the answer. It's right in Book of Romans, Romans 12. Here's what it says in verse 21. It says, do not be overcome by evil. Don't do it. But what? Overcome evil with good. So listen, everybody, here's what we do. We just don't play by evil's playbook. We we got a better one, we have a better answer. We don't throw rocks, We we don't perpetuate what we know is wrong and corrupt. We squash it with what is good and what is right. Amen, everybody, that's what we do. We actually are the lights of goodness in this world because for you, for you, I don't care about anybody else right now, for you if you're a follower of Christ, you do not let evil keep going. You stop it dead in its tracks and you do it with good prayers with good faith, with good patience, and with good love and good devotion to God. And no, that's not always gonna change the evildoer in your life. It's not always gonna change the person that's throwing those rocks at you. And no, it it won't always be the easiest thing to do. Trust me, it's not gonna be. But that's not why we do it. Do you know why we do it? Do you wanna know why? Because we're different, right? We have an answer. We do it because we have the answer to evil in this world. We overcome with good because we have the hope that tells us to think and act in a way that this world does not. You know, maybe you're here and you look around and you see all this stuff going on and you wonder, man, God, if you are real, then why didn't you do something about evil? And I'm here to tell you everybody, he did, it's done. The day Jesus died on that cross, evil knew the score. It's over. In the last days right now, see evil knows what the score is, it can't win. But here's what it's doing, it's putting up its last fight. It's putting up everything it's got. And listen, there is a day where evil will be destroyed forever. But I want us to be able to say, I fought the fight of faith. I lived for God. I ran the race and evil gave me its best shot. And here I stand with Jesus because he wins, he wins. So what do we do in the meantime? What do we do? Here's what we do, here's what we do. Don't join the pity party. Cause we know, we don't wonder, we know the answer. We don't join that pity party. We know what the Bible says. We know what God says. We act like we know the score guys, right? We act like we know the score and we be the light in this dark world. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God in us and as Jesus resurrected and coming back, right? And until the day that he comes back, here's what we do. It's awesome, we get to encourage each other. We get to pray for each other. We get to give our burdens to each other. And we say, we're not gonna let that get you down. Let's pray for that. Let's, let's lift you up. Let's, let's lift everybody up. And that's what we get to do and remind each other of the truth of the power of God that is in us. Amen to that, everybody. Amen to That's our response to evil in this world, right? Yes, that's true. Yes. So let's pray. Let's, let's, let's ask God to help us. God, we are in the last days. Hey, you know, we're, not, we're not afraid. You tell us the truth. We have an answer in Jesus that we could stand firm in our faith. We could be strong and courageous. We can point to the things that you tell us to do and we can do it. We can take action on those things that you tell us to do. Thank you for just making that so clear. Don't let us wonder why, God. We don't have to wonder why that we know we have an answer. We have the hope of the glory of you and us and that's through Jesus Christ resurrected that he saves us, that he helps us, that he actually take, we can lay our burdens down and we can help each other. So I just pray for us as a church, man. I pray for us to love uh, each other here so well, so much that people outside of this place wonder what's going on in here and they wanna be a part of what's going on. And it's you, it's you, it's Jesus. It's all about you, God. We love you and help us to just be fighting evil with good. Help us to be beacons of light out there in this world because it needs it, it needs it. And we are the carriers of that message. We love you and we pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, let's go be carriers of good out there in that world of evil, okay? Let's do it, all right? We'll see you next Sunday, everybody.